What's going on, guys? Welcome into today's show. I've got a great guest for you in Lance Gralick. He is, well, let me put it this way. I've interviewed and invested and done a lot of different stuff with franchises and different franchise brokers and experts. And hands down, I would say Lance is the best one that I have found so far. And we dug into a lot of nuts and bolts on business buying, whether this is your first business and you're looking to leverage franchises to eliminate all the guessing work, to have proven systems, to be able to jump into generating revenue and cash flow quickly, or maybe you're looking to diversify by leveraging into a franchise-based business. I know a lot of different people of different levels of wealth that all look at franchising as a great way to either insulate some of their commercial real estate investment properties by buying franchises and putting them in their assets. I know people that own businesses that buy other franchises to diversify outside of their business or to buy a business for their kids or for their wives, or ultimately for people that are entrepreneurial in spirit and have a good W-2 job, but don't feel as confident in the idea creation, but are great executors. Franchises have been a proven wealth-building and income building vehicle for so many people. And Lance does an amazing job in this interview talking about all the different ways you can get into franchising opportunities, the best ones for active investors, for passive or part-time investors, the returns that you can expect, the exit strategies, some of the specific up-and-coming brands that he likes, the proven brands that are out there. And he's talking real numbers in here. He also talks about some of his brands that he's been with. Not only is he a broker, Lance is one of those individuals that does it because he is passionate and just loves to do it. He has been financially free for a very long time. And you're going to hear about some of his massive exits and wins in the franchising space. To, to have access to somebody like this as kind of a mentor, a consultant to help you getting in the game not many people who have made their wealth come back to mentor and consult and play in the space. They ride off into the sunset. But Lance is one of these people that is passionate about it, that loves it, loves teaching and educating on it. And he is actively investing in these businesses and helping others do the same. So I think you're really going to enjoy today's episode. If business building, as my friend Cody Sanchez would say, boring businesses are what create consistent cash flow. And you're going to see a lot of that in our discussion here today. So without further ado, let's jump into today's interview with Lance Gralick. Let's take a quick break and hear from today's show sponsor. Are you struggling to close deals? Cold outreach can be a slow and brutal process. And in many scenarios, it's just wasting the time of both the buyer and the seller, especially when business owners who are trying to find qualified buyers are using inaccurate and outdated data. But it doesn't have to be this way. With LinkedIn Sales Navigator, your organization can overcome these challenges by leveraging this amazing technology and platform that translates comprehensive, high-quality buyer data into real-time insights and sales. 
These deeper insights empower sales reps and teams to adopt the habits of top performers, which leads to much better outcomes like building a bigger pipeline with real customers, leading to higher win rates and conversions, and of course, larger deals and paydays all around. We call this deep sales, and LinkedIn has built the first deep sales platform with the next generation of LinkedIn Sales Navigator. Right now, our Millionaire Mindcast family has an amazing opportunity to try LinkedIn Sales Navigator and get a 60-day free trial at linkedin.com forward slash mindcast. That's linkedin.com forward slash mindcast for a 60-day free trial. Let LinkedIn Sales Navigator help you sell like a superstar today. Just go to linkedin.com forward slash mindcast and get started. Mr. Lance Gralick, welcome to the show. Thanks, Matt. Thanks for having me. You know, uh, you and I, when you get two people that kind of uh, got high energy and are very conversational, which you've got a great podcast all about franchising, which we're going to talk about here, obviously, today. And I've got my podcast where we love to talk about wealth building and wise investing. Um, when you and I were having a little bit of a pre-conversation, I was like, oh, it's going to be a fun one. So I'm excited to dig in with you today, man. Yeah, it's my uh, New York upbringing, born in Brooklyn. We're we're talkers. Born in Brooklyn, baby. I love it. So take me back, man. You were, where where did uh, you know the the family life and the entrepreneurial kind of spark uh, begin? Yep. You know, isn't the magic question? How do people become entrepreneurs? Yeah. Are you born that way? Is it something in your environment? You know, just hating your job that you're forced into seeking out how to be your own boss. I grew up in an entrepreneurial family. You know, I always say the three pillars of investing are real estate and Wall Street and uh, basically owning a business. And uh, the business category is that unknown. I grew up, grandfather number one was a real estate attorney. Grandfather number two created a supermarket chain and dad was on Wall Street. His wow. company was the largest counter trading house on Wall Street. And uh, so I was lucky. And then I got to see all this stuff unfolding, you know, holidays, you know, nobody ever really went to work. Dad did. He went to an office, of course. He was old school. The other two grandfathers were always out and doing deals. But for me, I knew there was no way I was ever going to have a job long term. It was kind of in my DNA. Dad always said I wasn't employable. And look, when you get handed opportunities, you, you you have to work it. You have to be the best. I was that kid because of what I saw. I got jobs when I was a young kid as an entrepreneur selling anything and everything. My parents are like, what the hell are you doing? You're in middle school. You're playing soccer. You're playing baseball, all these different things. But you know, long and the short of it is uh, I ended up working on Wall Street, got my education, got my economics degree, did it throughout high school, college, after college, and realized, you know what? This kind of sucks. Yeah. I don't even like it. People would kill for the job I had on a training right. desk. And, and I ended up heading west. I went to Arizona to join another relative who uh, made money in tech before anybody else really did in a, in a unique niche. And uh, I joined him in a TGI Fridays franchise. And TGI Fridays was big in the day. It sucks now, but it was big in the day. Oh, we I built- love TGI Fridays back in the day. Those potato boats, man, a little sour cream on top. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, but you know, it's funny when you get to uh, learn the inside track on restaurants, you know, we used to, not as appetizing. Used to bake. No, no, no. We used to bake all those potatoes, Matt. 
and scoop them out like you were in prison or something. You had to do all this manual labor. I mean, I, I would imagine in prison, they're doing all these weird things that today we take all these shortcuts. But, you know, then it became a frozen potato boat that would come in and all we do is throw them in the fryer. They were already scooped out and saved this time. But, you know, those, those cutting of corners, like in anything in life, Fridays used to have homemade, amazing French fries. I was at the test kitchen in Dallas with Fridays back in the day. And uh, I'm, I'm, I don't, I will not forget when the corporate chef said, hey, check out these fries. Aren't they almost as good as our current fresh cut fries? And I go, almost as good, but they're not as good. What the hell is it? Oh, it's a frozen fry. We're going to save labor. And well, that was symptomatic of the downfall of, of Fridays. But the point is, I was there five years. We built a lot of stores. We we pur- purchased a lot of existing territory. Five years later, we're doing two hundred twenty-five million a year in ninety-one or so. Ninety-one, wow. or, yeah. Can you imagine what that is today in revenue? Oof. So I got sort of my MBA. I don't have an equity position. That was Uncle Stephen, and uh, I didn't have an equity position. But I said, "Hey, thanks very much. You're you're getting bored going back to Asia to go build another company, back to Korea. I'm going to go." start my own thing. Started consulting because that's when you do when you're unemployed and don't mm-hmm. know what to do next, right? Yep. <laughs> you hang your single out as a consultant saying, I know something that you might not know. When right. I went to training with TGI Fridays, TGI Fridays training in Dallas, they tell you, you now know more than 99.2% of all restaurateurs in the country because they teach you all about processes and systems and everything and food costing and things that I didn't even think of. Yeah, and, right. Uh, so, you know, years later, I owned Wingstop restaurants. I was president of the Franchise Advisory Council, did that. Krispy uh, Kreme Donuts, uh, I got invited to a partnership to be the operator and managing partner of two states for Krispy Kreme, did $25 million a year uh, between the two states. Uh, and then, I, I don't know, maybe my biggest claim to fame is I created a super famous donut brand from scratch, pun intended, uh, called Pink Box Donuts. And I launched that in about 2011 and, and uh, sold my interest, uh, I don't know, four years later. I, I'm a builder. I love to build stuff, uh, but I don't like to maintain. I feel like mm. anybody can maintain. Get bored. Made enough money in my life. Made enough money. My wife looks at me like, what the hell are we doing now? And I, are we just retiring? I made her retire from being a school principal. Nice. She's hating that after the, after the pandemic. Oh, I can imagine. And I said, we got enough money, honey. We don't, need, we don't need your money. And I became a franchise broker about five years ago, full-time. Podcast I launched about two and a half years ago because my friends that own multiple franchises like, dude, you got to tell everybody how to do this stuff. Most people have no freaking clue. Most people think, you know, there's too many fees and franchising might not be for them. They should just listen to the YouTubers and, and just go find an existing business because all these people are retiring and want to give their business to somebody. Good luck with that. So here I am. I love it. Happy to share. <laughs> well, we're going to dig in on some great stuff today. And I love a quote that you shared with me before the episode, which I think for most entrepreneurs, this is kind of the the goal and, and the reality, right? Which is put yourself into a financial position to retire and then don't. I love that, right? Because a lot of people 
that are in this nine to five kind of matrix and mindset. It's hustle, hustle, hustle until I'm 65, then I can retire, then I can relax. Whereas, yeah. you know, entrepreneurs were like, no way, that that doesn't work for me. And no. finding a way to build a sustainable business with cash flow and profit and recurring revenue, it's challenging, yeah. but it's doable with, like you said, right model, right systems, right market. Yeah. Um, so we're going to talk about that a little bit more today. I'm curious. I'm curious to know what advice you have for, you know, aspiring entrepreneurs to that want to invest in a franchise or a business model like that, um, and how that might tie into you know their their wealth building picture or plan going forward, and some of the yeah. things that you know they should be considering and thinking about before they even get into the space and really like sink their teeth in and decide they're going to make an investment here. Yeah. Well, as you know, everything starts with mindset. Because yeah. if your mindset isn't right, I mean, look, if you're overweight, what gets you to the gym in the first place? Mindset. You have to wake up one day and go, I'm done with this shit. I need, I need to drop 20 pounds, 30 yeah. pounds, 100 pounds, 200 pounds. No one else can do that for you. I encounter more smart people that are so stuck so stuck where they are, I think to myself, what the hell happened to this person? Who abused them? What are they scared of? And typically what it is, is they've never been around entrepreneurs and have had no contact with uh, uh, the right entrepreneurs. You know, what's the old expression of, you know, whoever your top five people you spend the most time with, you're a, you're a good, you're an average yeah. of those people, essentially. and there are people that aren't hanging around with quality people. Yeah. And that's your choice. I'm not going to tell you who your friends or family are, but it's like it's like when I get off the phone with somebody after one phone call, they find me somewhere, hear about me somewhere, and I get I have one phone call with people. I know that there's a chance that that individual will never speak with me again because when they get off the phone, they're going to be excited at the possibility because that's what I share with people based on their skill set, mindset, life experiences, and give them options and opportunities that in most cases, they have no idea they ever had in front of them. Because remember, people always thought years ago, you had to start a business and have some sort of special passion or skill. The reality today in franchising, I got a buddy that owns 19 Great, great Clips hair salon. hair salon. Guess what his skill is? not cutting hair. He yeah, has right. no hair and he doesn't know how to cut hair. People have air conditioning brands. There's a guy just exited a garage door brand for a hundred million dollars. I think it was just under a hundred million dollars. What did he know about installing garage doors? I bet he still doesn't know how to do that today. He has a team that knows how to do that. If you have a special idea or skill and you think a business needs to be launched because of it, by all means, Mark Zuckerberg, go create your Facebook. Go, you know, Michael Dell, create Dell computers. But most people don't have an original idea. And time is our most valuable and precious resource. Yeah. And, and the only way that you could really be truly free is, you know, what's the definition of wealth anyway? It's different for different people. Very true. But it's true. It's freedom. It's freedom. Time freedom and money freedom. I can make as much as I want. And I could work as much as I choose to do. 
you know, so anyway, that was a whole bunch of stuff at once. You know, it's interesting though, because most business owners that I know that I catch up with, they're exhausted. They're just a slave inside their own ecosystem. And the reason why they got into business in the first place was to unlock more income, have more balance, more freedom. And they never really get to that point of achieving it. And then it's crazy how many people get to the end after having built something and they just shut it down or they give up on it, right? And so it's very interesting to see it's not from a lack of effort oftentimes, right? It's There's something else that is missing in that puzzle piece of a sustainable business. I love this comment. This reminds me of a recent story, a guy that owned an air conditioning company, an HVAC company, independent. He came to me through a relative because his relative's like, you got to talk to my, my uncle. His mindset's all screwed up. He, so it took this guy eight or nine years to get to about 760000 in revenue. And he was happy. He was making money. And, and he was happy. He was fine. No boss himself. And he's like, why would I do a franchise? I'd be, I said, because my favorite air conditioning company, if you didn't do the revenue that it took you all these years to do, 765000 whatever it was, if you don't do that at least in the first year with one hour heating and air conditioning, you suck. I mean, you know, and, and maybe you're a slow starter, but you could do even over a million in your first year. And their average franchisee these days is probably doing close to $4 million. So they teach you and push you. You know, the, I, I could tell you, I, was, I, I ran track, I played soccer. This is a fact for everybody listening that ever ran at all. If you're running against Olympic athletes, I guarantee you in that race that you run, your your score, your uh, time is going to be better running against Olympic athletes than people that are 500 pounds. Mm. Okay? Fact. And when you're in a franchise, they're going to push you to scale. They know the system. In every great franchise, there's a leader. When I was at Wingstop, Average unit volume was $600,000. It was pretty lame years ago. I was one of the first franchisees. As a matter of fact, uh, my opening store record for the company at the time, $34,931.52 to be exact. And that was a new record. There were stores doing a million and a half dollars a year, $2 million. Why? Because people believed. People saw the systems improve. The processes change. The marketing, the bigger you get. When I joined Wingstop, nobody knew what Wingstop was in Las Vegas. My friends are like, usually ahead of the curve, Lance, but we don't know about this one. We don't even know what the hell this brand is. So, well, by the time everybody knows what the brand is, it's going to be sold out in my area. Mm -hmm. So the bottom line is, if you want to grow and scale something easier than doing it all by yourself, you have more mentors and coaches in a franchise, but Matt, listeners, you have to pick the right horse, so to speak. You have to pick the right business for you based on you, based on, you know, your skills are transferable to a business. Transferable to what is the question? That's what I help. Well, let's let's talk about that a little bit, right? Because I think there's a lot of people that are going, I've got a good skill set. I've got great work ethic. But how do I discern and evaluate what is the right franchise opportunity for me? Yeah. 
Yeah, and as you know, everybody today, as you can imagine, because of this recessionary period or whatever we're going through these days, ebbs and flows, you know, and all that. So everybody's asking me these days for something recession-proof, recession-resistant. And let me tell you, after coming through the pandemic, if we were not tested as a franchise community before, we were tested because we got to see everything that was a needs business that we weren't even sure about it. So it's pretty easy to figure out. The home services segment is amazing. Amazing. Like I was describing, you know, air conditioning or plumbing or a lot of specialty niches. My buddy Aaron is CEO and owner of uh, a brand called Rolling Suds, the power washing brand. So initially when I mention it to people, they, they might groan and go like, can I go to Home Depot or Lowe's and get a power washer? You, you can. But it's not this Avenger-style superhero power washer that they built with their own specs and parts from 85 companies. They can clean a building four stories high from the ground. And oh, by the way, there are franchisees getting to 40000 in revenue in their second month because of these crazy marketing systems. So how do you evaluate this? Guys like me, I'm going to spoon feed you. There are other franchise consultants. I'm obviously quite experienced and been in the business a long time. And what I'm going to do is listen to you and understand you. I have a free assessment on my website we can talk about later. It's a great foundational exercise for you. It's not some BuzzFeed bullshit quiz. It's, it's pretty deep into your psyche as to who you are. It's about 15 minutes worth of your time. You get a great report. I also ask additional questions. My favorite questions are your what? I don't get to your why. The why is the biggest bunch of bullshit I ever heard because everybody's why is the same. When they have a job they can't stand. I want to build generational wealth from my family. The job ain't cutting it. I want to go to my kid's soccer game because right now my schedule sucks. Some days I'm in the office, some days I could stay at home, but then I have meetings all the time. So at the end of the day, what's most important to me, what are your actual goals? Yeah. So if you have a family and you're married, we know what your goals are. You have kids, I know what your goals are. But but specifically on the financial side, compared to what you're used to now, so we can set realistic expectations. So the first question with the what is, what is your investment? I love when people tell me it depends. It mm-hmm. only depends if you're rich. Like one of my recent clients, it's worth about 800 million. He's like, I got 5 million in my stock drawer. What can I do with that to help the kids? And we figured it out. And it was a bunch of automotive brands and I knew that was a guy that wanted to get really up close and personal with the owner of the brand. He didn't necessarily want to deal with a private equity group. Not that mm-hmm. that's bad. So you start to really understand the cultural aspects of joining a brand, like joining a fraternity or sorority. The first question of the what is the investment? I try to get to people, what kind of cash do you want to put in? 50 grand, 60 grand? There are tons of businesses. Big fallacy, you have to be a millionaire to own a franchise. Oh, and McDonald's, absolutely. Wendy's just joined my portfolio. Wendy's wants to sell out the rest of the country and apparently can't do it on their own with their team and wants other wants some help. So there's still some Wendy's opportunities for people. So what's that investment? I have plenty of investments, 200000 or less. You can put 20% down on an SBA loan, have a little reserve cash for working capital. Yeah. There's tons of businesses. Next question. Tons of businesses that you can be a semi-absentee owner and keep your job. Here's a, here's a key thing, Matt, that a lot of people stress about. Big-time anxiety. 
when does this thing make money? When does this thing start cash flow? Yep. Am I going to make it? And the answer is, we can build you a bridge to cross over from that W-2 job to that business owner capacity. You can stay at your full-time job and we build that bridge. Now, some people need this solid, engineered, steel structure in order for them to cross over. And let me tell you, Matt, I got guys, you give them a Tarzan swing, they're out of there. (laughs) I'm getting the hell out of this job and I'm going to trust the process and and I'm going to make this thing happen. So the second big what question is relating to what role do you intend to play in this business? In the old days, there was a lot of opportunities out there, Chick-fil-A, for example, and Fast signs and great clips I mentioned earlier. You have to be a full-time owner-operator. They do not accept semi-absentee ownership, which is a franchise term for part-time owner. Uh, And and really, a semi-absentee owner can plan on working on the business, not necessarily in the business, 10 to 20 hours a week. And some people don't have that time. I talked to a guy yesterday. It's an engineer. Uh, big time avionics engineer, and he's hands on all the time. Mm-hmm. So he said to me, he goes, you get me excited about these opportunities. I am willing to quit my job. I am willing. And I was like, and I love that. But if I could figure out a way to keep them safe, because everybody's got a different comfort zone in the right. beginning. And, uh, you know, so the process is beautiful. There's a lot of integrity. I find all this information out. I go into my magic box known as a computer and I start doing territory checks based on availability in their area. So for you, I'd search around Sacramento and, you know, 25 miles or your zip code in 25, 30 miles. And you and I will have a follow-up call a couple days later and I'll present some brands to you initially. At some point, you'll be like, it's, it's almost like my tasting menu. I give you a little taste of certain things and you go, I want to talk to that brand. I introduced you to the brand. Now, here's the beautiful part about this integrity that I mentioned. Every franchisor, the parent company, needs to produce what's called a franchise disclosure document, FDD. And that FDD has 23 items. FDDs uh, and franchising are regulated by the Federal Trade Commission. And there's a lot of useful things in that document. Probably don't have time to go through all of it. But item number 19 at the back is is the money shot, so to speak. That's the earnings claim. You don't have to claim anything. But if you don't, hard to sell franchises. So Mm -hmm. the best franchises put their earnings claim in there. So Rolling Suds, I mentioned earlier, they put in there that their corporate location that's been around all these years did $2.2 in revenue last year with a net of 35%. Mm, I like that. Some sweet numbers in a power washing brand. That was the brand I told you some of these franchisees are getting a 40 grand in their in their second month. And it's just about adding additional trucks, you know, 40 grand a truck per month. I'll take that. Yeah. So uh then, so not only do you have that disclosure document to go through as part of your due diligence to build your business plan, which I can help with as well, as you proceed in the process. You're going to talk to the corporate folks. It's just like dating. You know, when I, when I had a coffee date with my now wife, my perfect wife, my second wife, first wife, not so much. 
problematic. <laughs> I screwed up. I screwed up badly. And uh, so when you, it's just like dating. So you have a coffee date, get the FDD, you move along in the process, you meet the parents, so to speak, which is the corporate team. You start to figure out culturally how you fit. You start to understand the day in the life. Here's the most powerful part of the process. This is what a lot of people never understand if they've never investigated franchise. There's a true stage called validation where you have an opportunity to speak to existing franchisees. Now, each brand handles this step a little bit differently. Some brands will literally give, if they have 100 franchisees, they'll say, hey, here you go, Matt. Here's the list of 100, fran 100 franchisees that just emailed you. Call five of them, at least, you know, where, wherever you want. Some people call the one closest to them. I always tell people, don't call the one closest to you because the one closest to you probably bought a few territories or a few locations, whether it's brick and mortar or a home service type brand, and they might want to buy more. So they'll feel threatened that you're coming next to them. So don't mm. call the people next to yeah, you. Yeah, they're like, mm, it's not working out so good. I don't think you're going to like this brand. I, I had a guy lie to one of my prospects. He called without corporate, the franchise, or even knowing, which is not a good thing. You have to trust the process. He was, yes. he was excited. But, but uh, validation sometimes is group calls, but you can ask questions like, you know, Matt, so you're a successful franchisee. Would you do it over again? This, that. I was a validator for Wingstop. Like they, they always had me do it. And I was, I chased people away. Wingstop didn't love it. But I, I said to a guy once, so who's going to run your restaurants? He goes, well, you know, my son. And uh, does he know restaurant? No. Yeah. I have an idea. Why don't you just buy something else? This isn't going to work out. It's going to take you too long to scale restaurants for the worst investment when you have no experience, unless yeah. you're really willing to, willing to dive in. So anyway, that's a little bit about the process. And, and I'm, I'm basically your guide on the journey to, uh, you know, you're truly the hero, whoever it is I'm helping in this process. And, and I love it. I love changing people's lives. Now, I work with, you know, young couple that both military, one still active duty couple of real estate uh, rental properties. They got a $150,000 SBA Express loan and did a waste management and junk removal franchise. They became the number one franchisees. Now they're working on buying their second territory. So I just love it. I love it. And I stay in touch with all of my people that want to. Some people like, you know, grow out of me, you know, but I, I'm their mentor still if they need it. And they're coach. Uh, that's phenomenal. Now, what do you see as generally being like a, in a, a perfect client in terms of what they're bringing to the table with maybe some experience or skills, what they're bringing to the table in terms of capital? What would you say that like ideal perfect client is that most likely is going to succeed if they fit this criteria? Such a, such a great question. You know, if somebody is, uh, in middle management at a larger company that has systems and structures in place that uh, that you'll appreciate and processes in place that you'll appreciate, that easily translates to a, a franchise. So you have that management or some sort of leadership experience. You might have managed teams, used to, you know, disciplined enough from working your corporate job, mm -hmm. um, have some sort of sales ability always helpful. I mean, you know this and all the listeners know this. Everybody's probably nodding right now. If you have sales ability, you have the most valuable skill ever in life. 
um, because that you have sales ability and people skills. Those are the number one and two things uh, for a franchise. And you could learn how to manage your people most effectively. I was very successful in my franchises, uh, operating them and operating, you know, running my teams because I had good people skills. Um, I was a little harsh, I was told in the beginning, and I learned and adapted because I was from New York. Accent is completely gone on purpose. People don't see it coming. I'm in stealth mode without with the, you know, West Coast (laughs) accent, if you will. But uh, yeah, I mean, middle management, leadership experience, sales ability, uh, but truly engineers that don't necessarily have sales ability, but they're smart people. I mean, I have a brand called Citywide Facility Solutions. This is a family-owned business since 1965. They built up a bunch of great franchisees. Their top franchisee did $40 million in revenue last year. And their average franchisee, I think, did like $12 million or something like that last year. Um, these are big numbers. And yeah. they're, and they're man- managing facilities for buildings. You know, if you had project management experience and you weren't even good at sales, guess what? Hire somebody that's good at sales. Yeah. As the old expression goes, hire people that are good at the stuff that you're not good at. Yeah. Uh, what would you say is the ideal financial amount of dry powder you'd love to see these individuals coming to the table with to really give themselves enough runway and cushion and you know gas to get this this airplane yeah. off the tarmac? If you have a hundred grand cash at your disposal, uh, that's an absolutely perfect number because if you're getting into a three hundred thousand dollar franchise. You're putting down, and you're getting an SBA loan. You're putting down sixty grand. Have to have some reserve, reserve cash, and working capital. So that's more than enough for that. Um, and most, a lot of my deals are two hundred fifty thousand or less. And and pretty much every brand is on the SBA registry, which means you can get a loan. And I have so many SBA lenders. They're all different. They're yeah, all yeah. Different. I had a. I had a young CPA get denied by a lender one day and approved by two others that same afternoon. Yep. Crazy. Now, talk a little bit about maybe some of your favorite or what you've seen being some of the most successful or profitable businesses and maybe the lower, mid, and high-end tiers of franchises. Yeah. Yeah. And and look, all of them are pretty tightly uh, grouped. When I was mentioning like home service brands, you know, precision garage there's not that many territories left in the United States. Um, Hawaii's available. Uh, uh, several other parts of Texas are available. Um, there's, there's more than that. But Precision Garage Door, typically speaking, about 250000 all in. The average franchisee is doing $4 million wow. in revenue. You know? and, 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 and look, a lot of people ask, what's the net? What's the net? Sure. The net depends on how you run it. And there are different owners and operators that are going to run it differently. Some are going to be some are going to be really top heavy with leadership because yeah. they don't want to work that hard. Right. And other people are going to be more hands on. So it depends what phase of life you're in. But at the end of the day, look, businesses, especially franchises, they're so saleable or sellable, whatever the word of the day is. There, uh, when you're exiting, you can exit for three, four, five times cash flow, depending on how desirable the brand is and the location and the development schedule if you have multiple territories. So, you know, um, 
Precision garage doors is, is pretty amazing and impressive. I already mentioned one hour heating and air conditioning, the biggest air conditioning heating brand in the United States. They, they replaced my air conditioning unit recently. And the weirdest thing, they didn't even talk. These guys knew exactly what they were doing. They didn't even have to talk. They do this so often. Two guys go to remove here. A couple of guys go in the attic. Uh, amazing company. Uh, my wife's niece and her husband just bought a territory uh, outside of Austin, Texas for one right. hour. They're going to start with one. They got a $150,000 SBA loan, and he's keeping his job temporarily. He'll jump in as soon as he can full-time. He's already got a little office space. $150,000 SBA express loan. I think they put down $20,000 down and still had to have about $20,000 in reserve. So it's about forty grand just to get started. And, you know, for those real estate investors listening, franchising is perfect. It's the same leverage. You want to leverage this. Yeah, but the better you are personally, the quicker these things can scale. Um, voter restoration, buddy of mine, Dan Claps. I just recorded that episode this week. Dan's from New York. Dan's a marketing genius. He did it for many franchise brands, and then he did a collaboration. He's owner of Voda, successful young restoration brand. They just created the systems, and now they're rolling out. I think he sold forty-eight territories. Within the first like eight months, you know, nine months or whatever, and he's got he's got people in place and everything. Restoration, it's all recession proof. You get paid by insurance companies most of the time, yeah. whether it's water damage or hurricane and all that. Um, Zoom Drain, super super hot. Zoom Drain does a ton of B two B. Plumbers call Zoom Drain because plumbers might change out a toilet or a faucet or whatever, but they're not usually going in ground underground too well. They'll go to a certain point. Zoom drain, hence the name Zoom Drain, not Zoom Plumber. They're they're drain specialists. Uh, yeah. Zoom drain in New York and Long Island is doing like 11 million a year. Oof. Fixing drains. So, you know, so tons of home service brands. Let me give you one on the cheap. 68,000. My buddy Dennis Cooley's been on my podcast a couple of times. He was a CPA. Dennis started his brand because as a CPA, his, his business clients would come up to him that own all kinds of brands. And said, Dennis, how do we make more money? And they, they kept, multiple people kept asking the same question. He said, well, he was a wise ass, as I am. There's two ways to make more money. You increase revenue or you decrease your expenses. He said, oh, we got the, we got the revenue building stuff in mind. Forget about that. How do we, how do we what are you talking about? Cut our expenses. Then it's like you negotiate with all of your vendors. I don't have time for that crap. He goes, well, well, if I do it, I'll save you money. And you're going to give me half the savings for the next three years. You're in. Schooly Mitchell was born. And, and Dennis started with multiple, like three revenue streams. Wow. Now he's up to like 11 or more. And, and people just have to have, they don't need to be a salesperson because you're working on a contingency basis. So you're not, doing it for free, but you're basically giving all the bills to Schoolie Mitchell Corporate. They do the assessment, tell you what the savings are with the vendors in their area. And, and there are people netting $68,000 investment, $200,000 a year, $300,000, There are people that have exited Schoolie Mitchell multiple for over $1.5 I think the record is $3 million. I think it's $3 million. 
um, wow. because they've they've built up this 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 cash flow. So that that's just an example. But look, I got Tippy Toes. Tippy Toes is a new is a dance studio. It's not a serious dance studio. It's for kids to get together and actually have fun and enjoy dance. It's not for the soon to be professional dancers. Yeah. Great franchise. They were on my podcast recently and just phenomenal, phenomenal people with high ROI, high margin. So there's a lot. What would you say to those people that are going, man, I want to get into a franchise, <clears throat> they're capitalized, and they want to be netting 500 to a million? What, what, what kind of, and, I, and I'm speaking to our kind of, we've got some very affluent, high net worth listeners that you know are not at that beginning Perfect. stage, but they're always looking for diversification, always looking for different cash flow plays. Maybe speak to that love individual for uh, a quick minute. Are you interested in boosting your income by an extra $50,000 this year? If so, you're going to love what I've got in store for you. I am beyond excited to officially announce an incredible opportunity to join me in my exclusive mastermind, which will include myself and 25 other hand-selected investors who are actively pursuing commercial real estate in 2024 and want to be held accountable to making sure they buy their first or their next commercial real estate investment property that will net them a minimum of $50,000 a year. This mastermind group will not only teach you how to do that, how to find, how to analyze, how to structure and buy these types of commercial real estate investment properties, but you'll also have an opportunity to be a part of an intimate group of high achievers that are going to take your network and your resources to a whole nother level. But here's the catch. Like I mentioned before, this is exclusive. We're only selecting 25 ambitious individuals for our founding members group who are serious and ready to take that next step in their commercial real estate investing journey. So if you are ready to increase your passive income by at least $50,000 in the next year with commercial real estate investing, then this is your moment. These spaces are gonna fill up fast and trust me, this is the one and only time to be a founding member, which comes with some pretty special benefits. So head over to myfirst50k.com and submit your application now. Again, that's myfirst50k.com. You can head over there, check out the program, see everything that it entails, submit your application to join, and I can't wait to connect with you soon. You know what? You know what's so awesome about you? You ask amazing questions, and I'm glad you asked that question because that is the sweet. That's the other sweet spot. There's tons of first-time business owners that join franchises for obvious reasons. Right? There's a blueprint. There's a roadmap. It's all in place. Now, for the experienced entrepreneurs or business owners, I mentioned a, a wealthy family recently. Yeah, they came to me. Dad had started multiple businesses. Their attorney was going to be a partner and their kids. I got 5 million bucks. What should I do with it? And they ended up with an automotive brand, Tint World. Tint World is amazing. Tint World, about 400,000 open. And, and it's not just Tint. That's how they started. They kept the name like that. A lot of auto styling is what it is. You want to put a ceramic coating on your Tesla or Porsche, that's the place to go. And, and dealerships used to always do that stuff. They don't do any of that. That's yeah. all farmed out. Yep. Tint World is amazing. About 400,000 open, and the average cash flow of the top 50% of 
doors is right at 400,000 bucks. So these are money-making locations. They do not require a lot of employees. Um, pretty easy to train most of these people. You just put a manager in place. And uh, and I've done a lot of Tint World deals, a lot of Tint World deals. Uh, and they're, they're a favorite of mine. I have a lot of favorites, but they're a, they're a top favorite. And uh, so that's one. But a lot of these home service brands I'm mentioning, that one painter or a company called Resi Brand, Stephen Montgomery, great guy. Stephen Montgomery built up his That One Painter company. A lot of painting franchises. But you know, remember when Five Guys Burgers started, there was a gazillion burger places. And they're like, what, what are you doing differently? Yep. They did it, they did it differently. That one painter also does it differently for high net worth folks. You don't even need that high net uh, net worth, but it uh, there's an area developer model perfect for people that want you know three to five hundred thousand a year in, in in income. Yeah, you can buy multiple territories. Um, the ROI is there. I'll run the numbers. I'll show you how to do it. You know the details on that. But that one painter is another great model. Um, they have uh, several brands specifically, but that's just another example. One hour, there's plenty of people that have exited for 30 million to 100 million. That brand uh, they've exited. Um, Benjamin Franklin Plumbing, three and a half million average doing that. As a matter of fact, I'm, I'm going to see a franchisee. I have a new show that's launching that's kind of top secret, but I'll, I'll kind of whisper the name. It's called Franchise Road Trip, where I actually go visit franchisees in, in, in their uh, element. Oh, that's great. That'll be cool. I got, let me tell you, a guy that's a Marine, his name's Stacy. He's a Marine, 290 pounds now. Stacy, this is his sixth franchise. He's owned like a whole bunch of Liberty Tax locations. He's owned um, home care. Let's talk about that for a second. Home care brand, home care. Non-medical home care, also known as companion care. So let me tell you, every day now, we, we call it the graying of America or the, or the silver tsunami. Every day, another 15,000 people turn 65. Yeah. I have like 25 home care franchises. And, uh, you know, they're all a little different, but there's a lot of similarities. That, that's one niche. A lot of similarities. So much business. And we're not talking anything specialized, but I had a, I had a guy do one territory in Northern California. And he was so excited about it. Four months later, he calls me. He goes, I need another territory. This is freaking great. He referred other people to me, his old boss. They're all buying home care brands. Yeah. They're all buying home care brands. They don't even want to talk about anything else. Well, when, when Aaron, that franchisee in Northern California I was talking about, was doing validation on that particular brand, he calls me and he goes, Lance, I just did like my third validation call. The guy just told me he did four million in revenue last year, and his net was just at a million, right at a million. He goes, "I don't need to talk to anybody else. Sign me up." And I said, "Whoa, whoa!" With validation, you're going to get people that are up there, yeah. Which probably, Matt, <clears throat> will be your next question. Why do? Why are some people? And you know, the, the reality is. There's an average. There's a median. If you're into statistics. Some of the brands are putting medians in there as well because some of these big numbers are so big. Yeah. And some people are slow starters. There are people that buy franchises for their kids, 
or you know spouse and a life event happens or somebody got their dream job all of a sudden yeah and nobody pays nobody pays attention to it yeah that makes that makes a lot of sense what and this is a, a personal question i've always thought of you know the Wendy's, the Burger Kings, the McDonald's, right? Those franchises as being an interesting model. And there's been a lot of, I don't want to say um, inaccurate or or misinformation. I, I think for a lot of people outside looking in that don't understand the franchise world, what are your thoughts on the fast food brands? And are there certain trends emerging, healthier eating or whatever it may be, right? That no have made those, <laughs> le- yeah, right, have made those less appetizing or interesting or profitable models? Are they still as strong as they once were or even stronger now? Yeah. No, QSRs, quick service restaurants, fast food, anything with a drive-through is, is still phenomenal. Still phenomenal opportunity. However, real estate, given the conditions of, of you know, the real estate climate, not as easy to have the numbers work and and pencil. Um, you know, in the old days of McDonald's, when people were gobbling up locations in the you know late fifties, sixties, seventies, and eighties, and then putting a McDonald's or a fast food joint on it, it did amazingly well because of the real estate. Yeah, a little bit different today when you're buying you know buying those those uh, that that dirt if there's even dirt left in in, in prime cities. Yep. But the answer to your question is QSR, quick serve restaurants are still fantastic. There's still great opportunities. But, you know, I wouldn't, I mean, if there were an opportunity for a McDonald's, I think you'd be hard pressed to really choose McDonald's today in a lot of cases. Interesting. Compared to some of the, compared to the other brands. What other brands do you like? Over well, McDonald's. you know, I'm sorry, over McDonald's? Well, no, I'm, I'm just saying like Tent World. Oh, I got it. Tent World Tent World to produce better income or a cash on cash return. I mean, it just depends everybody's comfort level. If somebody's got a lot of money and it's a real estate play for them, there are a lot of people that want to always have real estate. And if you want real estate, then yeah, do do some QSR or Tent World. You can buy the land. You can buy a shopping center and fill it with a bunch of franchises if you want. Have a couple independents. I've had plenty of people do that. Now you're talking my language, buddy. Of course I am. <laughs> this is a this is a strategy that I I love. I've got a mentor that's based based out of Philly. He goes and buys commercial, you know, shopping or or office complexes and he's got like yeah. five different franchise brands that he knows fit certain demographics and he finds the assets that are in those demographics launches the brands out of that, secures the income streams to the commercial real estate, inflates the value of commercial real estate, gets to play the game on both sides, business slash commercial. This is more of an advanced strategy, and yet it is one that I think is potentially the highest ROI wealth building strategy because you're playing both sides of the fence. One, they complement each other and inflate one another, but you can also play some tax mitigation and some, you know, PL strategy between the two, right? One one hundred percent. You talk about tax mitigation. I have guys calling me the end of the year every year saying, "Let me buy one." I, I need something with accelerated depreciation. Yeah. Where are the heavy trucks and things that I can buy? You know, so 
you're 100% right. It's more of an advanced strategy, but I have plenty of people that are looking for that. I have people that call me all the time, CPAs or family offices, looking for suggestions. You know, we have vacancies. Can we buy a franchise and put it in our center? Sometimes it's harder when people call me and say, I have a specific shopping center in Sacramento that I would like, it's 1,800 square feet. What would you put there? Yeah. Some of the brands are almost like, you know, well, let me do our, let, let us do our homework first, because usually real estate is the last part in, in, a, in a great relationship. You're always looking for, is this particular person Operator the right first. franchise? Yeah. yeah, yeah, makes, yeah. makes but, sense. Uh, so as we wrap no, up, I'm, no. I'm curious to get your thoughts around any emerging trends or themes that you're excited about that you think are going to potentially be a risk or hurt the industry. What are you seeing out there post-pandemic era? And you know, what are you keeping a pulse on when it comes to some of these things and how they tie into your world? The biggest and last trend or uh, emergence, if you will, was when technology came about and uh, from learning management systems and all this support that franchise brands can bring with technology. I mean, they just have so much money and intellectual property and you know, developing systems and procedures. And, you know, look, the average independent business in anything doesn't answer the phone like a franchise. So if you're calling a home service brand that's a franchise, if it's one of my great brands, the phone is getting answered because what people are typically doing is they're moving on to the next person or through proper SEO, like college hunks hauling junk, 80% of their business as a franchisee is literally like handed to you by because of SEO and their 800, all yeah. their marketing that they're doing. Yeah. So trend-wise though, uh, it's, it, you know, it's technology. How do they get further and faster and the digital marketing, things just keep getting sharper. But the one big thing these days, you're mentioning healthy stuff. Mm-hmm. Healthy is a trend. Big time. And you know, look, I, I was big time in the donut business and people would say to me, but aren't people eating healthier? No, people are talking about eating healthier. <laughs> yeah. We learned in the pandemic. You and I and everybody listening learned in the pandemic. If we didn't know before, we learned during the pandemic that we are like the most obese developed nation. Insane. We keep getting fatter. Yep. And so wellness in general, though, wellness is hot and big. I have more sauna related brands, infrared yeah. sauna. And, and, and I'll tell you, one of the hot ones, I just did an episode of uh, my podcast, which I love. It's called The Tox, T-O-X. And it's lymphatic draining. It's a specialty massage. And it really makes you feel better. A girl did a, I saw a girl on TikTok, did a review of them. And she flipped out like how amazing it was and how great she felt. We all want to feel better. You don't want to work too hard. To yeah, feel there's the key word right there. <laughs> but let me tell you, I have a fitness brand. Let me tell you about this one in wellness. It's, it's like the Robert Downey Jr. Avenger style fitness concept. I think it's going to even be hotter than Orange Theory as much mm. as that has been amazing. It's called Body 20. The 20-minute workout you put on a suit that looks like a, almost like a tight-fitting life vest that has carbon fibers, fiber electrodes. Underneath that, you're sprayed down with some water. You're wearing like a yoga pants suit 
type thing. You spray down with water so it'll actually conduct electricity as scary as this sounds. You're hooked up to a computer. They're, they are working on a Wi-Fi system. And it shocks and probes. I should say, I shouldn't say shocks. Body 20 folks will kill me. Pulses your muscle. Physical therapists like NFL players and baseball, basketball players, they'll put a couple of probes on your bad elbow and cause it to create... Yep. Um, I almost said cash flow. I'm so used to it. Blood flow, <laughs> not cash flow. Blood flow to, to stimulate, you know, the muscles and healing. And But really what it does is it increases your lean body muscle. And my wife has been doing it. The one opened in Vegas, they had over 300 members that were going to be paying 300 a month because this works. This is the first fitness brand I've ever seen that I'm going to tell you, I don't work for the brand. It, it's guaranteed to improve your physical fitness, and I've never seen anything else that's not guaranteed. That's guaranteed like this. Wow! They don't guarantee. I'm telling you, you show up and you'll be in better shape from going to this thing. My wife cannot live without it. She's she was in great shape before. She's in better shape now. Wow! She's like, look at my butt, look at my legs. I can't believe the muscle that I've gained from this workout. So, Body Twenty. Incredible company. Um, their CEO is on my podcast. We had a great conversation. So that's another futuristic thing in, in wellness. Yeah. But you know, like in Europe, Germany's got 1,500 of those EMS type studios. We're behind. We're behind the scenes. We're behind the, the times. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm with you on that. It feels like wellness, biohacking, right? It's the, the conversation of yes. the moment or the Dave, season right now. Dave Asprey. Dave Asprey's got a great concept. Ben too. Greenfield, all of you. There's so many out there. So I, I can see that continue to be a great trend. Um, I'm curious as we wrap up for those that, you know, have questions, they want to engage with you. They want to find out more. They want to do, you know, the assessment or analysis. What's the best yeah. place for them to, to connect with you beyond the show? Well, they could certainly DM me on Instagram. Uh, you know, just, just DM me uh, Rich or something. You know, just put Rich. And I know what show you came from. You know, the Rich Life, right? Yeah, that's right. So, uh, yeah. No, but you can DM me on... My, my name, Lance Gralick, is pretty unique. You'll find me everywhere. Uh, the well, Go to LanceGralick.com. The assessment's there also. If you don't DM me, 15-minute um, assessment. I. My services are free. I love talking to people. Um, I talk to plenty of people from high school to seniors. I talked to a guy 78 the other day. I love it. Looking to reinvent himself. Full of energy. What should I do? Lance, what should I do? I'm happy to help. I get yeah. paid like a recruiter. So you never even pay me. The brands pay me something if I find your brand that you end up investing in. So Beautiful. Uh, I'm easy. Beautiful. Well, we'll be sure to link up all of that on Lance's episode, millionermindcast.com. Be sure to check the show notes. You guys can connect with Lance there. And Lance, man, I I love your energy. I love what you're doing. Um, and, you know, franchising and being a business owner, you know, has definitely been the greatest growth and personal development journey for me as an individual. Um, and the more people that can get into businesses and succeed in them, you know, I think is, uh, is such a powerful thing for the individual, for the family, for the community, for our economy. Um, so as you know, you and I both share the same sentiment of, you know, being business obsessed and knowing how powerful of a vehicle it can be. But franchising is such a, a great way of, I don't want to say completely de-risking it, but it definitely eliminates a lot of the fat. I kind of equate it to, you know, putting bowling 
bumpers up on a on a lane and just making sure that you're not bowling gutter yep. balls. You may not bowl a Model strike every that. time, right? But you know, at Model least you're not bowling. That. Yeah, exactly. And putting points up on the board. So keep crushing it. I look forward to staying in touch with you, brother. And thank you so much for coming on the show today. Awesome. Thanks, Matt, for having me. Well, that wraps up this week's episode. Hopefully you guys enjoyed that interview. And if you did, all I ask is that you take two minutes and leave a review in iTunes, where by doing so, you're also going to get entered in to win a $100 gift card. Don't forget to share this episode out with somebody else that may need to hear it or may get some value from what was talked about in today's interview. And for those of you who are really looking to accelerate your wealth building journey, you want to unlock more financial freedom, you want to get more time back, or maybe you just want to level up your life, your business, your finances, be sure to head over to MillionaireMindcast.com and check out all the amazing products and resources that we have for our Millionaire Mindcast family, whether that's one-on-one coaching with me, mastermind events, downloads and checklists, the Rich Life Planner for those of you looking to take your goal setting and productivity to the next level. We've got all kinds of great, valuable tools, so be sure to check those out at MillionaireMindcast.com. And last but not least, if you're not on my weekly text letter and you want to be the first to know of exclusive updates and offers in addition to behind-the-scenes access to a lot of the stuff that I'm doing, that I'm investing in, be sure to join by texting the word NOTES to 844-447-1555. With that being said, thanks for listening today. Until next time, keep investing in yourself and your wealth on your march to a million and beyond. Cheers, my friends.